word and I just pray now that as Andy brings the word you've put on his heart for today for us that Lord we will be blessed and that you would be exalted and glorified in Jesus name amen 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 very good Thank you very much, Ray, for your uh, introduction. Well, wasn't that a fantastic time of worship, everybody? Just superb. You know, I just, um, I just love being together in a group of people who are just ready and motivated to worship God. And um, just being able, even though I'd got my little in-ear uh, monitors in, um, I could still, you know, I could hear just the, the worship in church and it was just such a wonderful, uh, a wonderful moment. And it took me back to, I remember when we were church planting out in Spain. And um, for a while we were church planting from our home. And we'd got a little house church going. And, um, you know, they weren't easy, the easiest of times. Church planting is great, but it's real hard work. And um, I remember leading worship in our living room in the flat in Spain with just a handful of us there. Jackie and I used to take it in turns, and one week I would preach, and she would do the kids' church, and the next week she would preach, and I would do the kids' church, and that was what it was like. So just to be in an atmosphere of worship like that with a group of, I don't know how many people here, maybe 80, something like that, including the kids, but just worshiping God together, it just thrills my heart to be able to worship with you. So thank you so much for that. I remember we used to come back um, periodically... Um, back to the UK on a little holiday break, and um, it it used to be so moving to be in a bigger worshiping community. I used to cry. <laughs> it's like, who's that? Who let that crying man in? You know, but just to be in that worshiping community so wonderful. So thank you for being part of that um, this morning. Um, so here we are in the month of March, and um, last week we started our series called Greater. And um, last week we were speaking about greater things. If you missed that, well, you can catch it on the, the live stream is on our Facebook page or it's on the app, the message is on the app if you want to listen to it. And um, I really believe that God is calling us to greater things through the course of this year. And as we look at what God is calling to, he's calling us to greater wisdom. So this week is all about greater wisdom, next week about greater grace. But God is calling us into the greater life and into believing for more in Jesus' name. I mean, where we've come from so far, it's great, isn't it? It's fantastic and we could spend hours just passing the microphone around and hearing testimonies of the goodness of God in, uh, in people's lives. And, and uh, maybe you'd really enjoy that. And maybe that's something impact groups could do as their, their welcome um, and warm-up starter this week, just sharing about some of the good things God has done in our lives. And that would be wonderful. And as we grow in um, understanding of the greater things God has for us, we grow in wisdom. And God is calling us to greater Wisdom. I think we can all agree that this world needs wisdom, don't we? You know, you look around and you think, <laughs> I tell you what, on, I, was, um, um, I was out with Kev on Monday uh, morning and um, on our way back, there were certainly some drivers who looked like they needed some greater wisdom, I can tell you that. We were cut up horrifically twice 
at about, I don't know what time it was, about half past 12 on Monday morning, you think, you know, it's too early to have been drinking. You really need some greater wisdom. And in this time of um, political and economic uncertainty and all the worries about the coronavirus and everything else, the panic buying of toilet roll and all of these other crazy things that we're seeing in the world in these days, the world needs the wisdom of God, doesn't it? And so do we as his church. We need the wisdom of God. And we need to be praying for those in authority for the wisdom of God. And you know, whether you, um, whether you approve of our current prime minister or not, whether you voted for his party, that's really irrelevant. The Bible calls us to pray for those in positions of authority. And I would encourage you all to, um, to, to be praying for Boris Johnson, our prime minister, and his government. Um, if you like him, you can pray for him because you like him and for wisdom of God. If you think he's a bit of a wally, pray for him even harder. But whatever your opinion is, and I'm not saying one or the other, people in authority need our prayers, particularly at this time. You know, I think I've possibly grown a little bit wiser over the years. I remember having a conversation um, with, uh, with Rachel, my eldest daughter, and saying to her, you know, I look back at what I was like in my early 20s and shudder, shudder at, uh, <laughs> at some of the things I used to say and, and some of um, and that doesn't mean if you're in your early 20s to get today that that's a bad thing. I just look back and I think, oh gosh, did I really say those sort of things? And, um, but I, so I do think I'm a little bit wiser now. I'm a little bit, a little bit older, a little bit older, just a bit, and um, certainly a little bit greyer. Um, I, this week, um, Joel and I went down into Staley Bridge to, to get our hair cut. We go together, which is a cute thing we do together, really. And, um, and we, we got back, and Joel said to me, Dad, I'm so sorry. And I said, what? Are you sorry? Are you sorry because I paid for your haircut? What are you sorry about? And he said, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Dad. And I said, what is it, Joel? He said, you're so grey. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> he said, well, I've never noticed it before, but now you've had your haircut really short on the side. You can really see you're so grey. And he said, I'm just terribly sorry. <laughs> I said, well, thank you, Joel. Um, but, you know, at least I've got hair, and I'd rather have hair that's grey than, than no hair at all. Not that there's anything wrong with bald people. I'm not looking, not looking at anybody. But they do say grey hair. Look, if, if you're bald on the top and grey around the sides, you must be really wise. Not saying, not saying, not saying anything, anything at all. But as we look at growing in greater wisdom, you're probably thinking, boy, he could, deal, he could do with some greater wisdom just this morning for his message. The Bible shows us, in several books of the Bible, the wisdom of God. And um, obviously the, the one you'll be thinking of is the book of Proverbs. And we're going to be looking at, at three passages from Proverbs chapter 3 uh, this morning. So the passages will appear on the screen. If you've got a paper Bible, you can find Proverbs chapter 3 or on your Bible app. You can follow along, um, but the words will be on the screen. Anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Proverbs three thirteen. To 18 is our starting point. It says, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. 
The one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honour in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. Isn't it interesting how, it, um, how Proverbs personifies wisdom in the female form? And half of the congregation are now saying, Amen, brother, yeah, yeah, of course it does. Wisdom in the female form. But it's interesting now, Proverbs personifies wisdom in this way, and it says, um, uh, it says wisdom calls aloud, calls aloud in the streets. And the wisdom of God calls us to greater understanding, for greater wisdom. So who wants long life? Who wants wisdom and honour? Who wants to go down delightful paths? Sounds like a National Trust weekend away, doesn't it? Um, But um, this is what the Bible promises us if we seek the wisdom of God and apply it to our lives. We need to build strong lives by the wisdom of God. And we can do that by building our lives on a foundation of the Word of God. Of God, this building that we're sat in today was was built by um, a, guy, a gentleman who's now advanced in years, who lives in the the big bungalow next door, the other side of the big hedge, and he built this place himself from a little engineering works just over there behind the new houses, and he put in the foundations and he put in the block work, and um, praise God, the foundations that he built were good because it holds this structure and we can use it. But you need to start right if you're going to be building something of substance, otherwise you end up with something like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which is wonky, and they've had to spend millions and millions of euros in trying to secure it to stop it completely falling over. So you need to start with a firm foundation where if you're going to build anything, and our foundation has to be the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God. Solomon asked God for wisdom and was given wisdom in such massive um, quantities that people would travel from all around the neighboring nations to hear it. Kings and rulers and even the Queen of Sheba loved to hear the wisdom of God through the mouth of Solomon. And he wrote over a thousand songs bit like, you know, Matt Redman of, of his day, I don't know. And over 3,000 proverbs. And they teach us wisdom, discipline, and understanding. And these are the keys to the greater life. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. So we're going to look at some keys to greater wisdom today. Keys are exciting, aren't they? And I remember having received all sorts of um, all sorts of keys through my lifetime, and how exciting they were. When I was 18 years old, my parents gave me a plastic silver key. It was a thing back in the day. Oh, you've got the key of the door, and I'm like, 
I've had a key to the front door for years. What are you talking about? Oh, you've got the key of the door. Strange. It's not something we tend to do perhaps today. Um, just um, a few weeks ago, I received the keys to, um, to my new car. Not brand new, new to me. And I really wish I hadn't bothered because it's broken down twice since I've had it, since January. Yes, broke down yesterday, fan belt welt on the M60 motorway. Hurrah. I won't tell you where I bought it from. Um, don't go there. But um, many keys I've received in my life have been really exciting. The keys to our first house. The keys to this building when we, when we came in here. And so keys are exciting. And I want you to be excited about these keys from um, the book of Proverbs. Let's have a look. We're back in Proverbs chapter 3. Let's look at our first key, which is about the foundation of the word. This is what it says. My child... Never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep in your heart. What a fantastic passage. This is from the New Living Translation. Yours might be slightly different. So the path to wisdom at the beginning of this chapter, it reveals, is the word of God. And I just spoke about the importance of a foundation. So it speaks about the written word of God. That's the logos. And we need to read it. We need to study it. You can't grow in the wisdom of God just by listening to some great worship music and praying really hard. You might hear from God a word for today, but you need a foundation of the written word of God. We need to be reading our Bibles. You know, and it doesn't really matter to me whether that's a paper Bible or the Bible app on your phone or on your tablet. You know, they're all the word of God, as long as you read in a decent translation. And it's all the word, and, and whatever works for you best, you might be a book person and you love paper. Or you might be a gadget person and you love reading on gadgets. Whatever it is. Maybe you're not very good at reading. And that's okay because on the Bible app, there are several versions on there. The um, New Living Translation and um, the NIV, where if you press the play button, it will read it to you. What amazing technology. So don't feel like you're out of the loop if you're not very good at reading because the technology is there for you. It will read it to you. And you can listen and grow in the word. Then we have the rhema word of God. That's the Holy Spirit inspired word of God. To bring breakthrough in our circumstances. It's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But we need to get the logos, the written word in our minds and in our hearts. So that the Holy Spirit can remind us of a word and speak a word in season when we're praying or seeking God about a particular circumstance. So the, the ground floor, basic level, if you like, is the written word of God. And then comes the rhema, the inspired word of God. And then if you've chosen to be a Jesus follower and give your life to him, then um, you have a relationship with Jesus, the living word. How awesome is that? And he, if you've invited him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, then you've got the living word living within you. You're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So how awesome when you read your Bible and you pray and you seek God, because then you've got the written word, 
you've got the Logos and the Rhema, of the Holy Spirit, and the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ, living within you. How fantastic. How wonderful. The power of the word brings life and peace to us to access his promises. It says, store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you'll live many years and your life will be satisfying. And I want to ask you this morning, is your life satisfying? Is your life good? Is it blessed? Do you have the peace of God? Don't feel condemned if you don't have those things because we all go through trials and tribulations. We all go through difficult times when we maybe feel a lack of the peace of God. But that peace is available to us if we reach out to him and spend time in his presence. This passage says it will be length of days to us. That is better than the best health insurance, even the best latest health kick or cryogenics. You know, some time ago you'll have seen people eating, drinking those um, horrible looking green smoothie things. Oh yeah, it's great, you know. Would you like to sample my kale smoothie? It's like, uh. <laughs> But you keep it. You keep it, that's fine. I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want to take away your blessing of your kale smoothie. Whatever the latest health kick is. Well, this says that if you steal the commands of God in your heart, you will live many years. What a great blessing. And that's because it changes us on the inside. And we choose to start to live a life inspired by the word of God. Amen. It says in verse 3, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. You see, when we get the wisdom of God on the inside, it's supposed to have an, an outward Um, appearance in our lives and in our behaviours. So if we get the word of God going in, what should ooze out of our pores is loyalty and kindness and the goodness of God. And, um, you know, maybe you've struggled a little bit with loyalty and kindness in your character. Well, that's okay. There's a remedy. It's the word of God. And it's praying and spending time in God's presence and letting the Holy Spirit fill you up so much that it oozes out through you. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. They are key to growing in wisdom. You know, in today's society, loyalty is on the wane. Um, My mum, she only ever buys PG tips tea bags, those pyramid ones. She doesn't even live in the UK, but she stocks up when she comes and buys pyramid tea bags. Um, now, um, she can actually buy them in a few places where she lives out there now. But I remember one time um, saying to her, look, I've got, some, um, I've got a box, spare box of Aldi tea bags here, Mum. Do you want to take them with you on your trip back to Spain? And she's like, oh, um, thanks, love, but um, no, I'm, I'm going to get by some PG tips. Because she's got this whole brand loyalty going on. In actual fact, Aldi tea bags aren't that bad. They're not, are they? Come on, those of you, some of you be thinking, I only shop in Marks and Spencer. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. But we, we, we used to be people of brand loyalty. And you'd, if your car insurance was with Direct Line, you would stay with them forever, no matter how much they charged you, or Swinton Insurance, it used to be back in the day. And now you have to change insurance every year, otherwise they will fleece you. And if you don't know about this, then ask Ray for some advice, and he'll help you to understand um, that, unfortunately, loyalty in insurance will cost you a fortune. 
But loyalty in the kingdom of God, loyalty and kindness are a gift that's freely given. And we need to exercise that. Exercise that in our outlook. Exercise that in our dealings with others. To develop loyalty and kindness. Godly attributes. Facets of God's personality. Loyalty in our friendships. Loyalty in all that we do as an expression of godliness. Sometimes commitment is tough. And I understand that. But loyalty looks past niggles and small offences. Loyalty forgives. Kindness shows mercy and will go the extra mile. Loyalty invests itself in others. Loyalty and kindness look beyond frustration and personal differences. They keep quiet when others gossip. They defend the honour of others rather than joining in. This passage encourages us to embed these principles deep within our hearts. Let's look at the next key. Key two. We're still in Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 5 to 6. You'll know this. It's a great fridge magnet verse. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Some versions say lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So key two is all about who is on the throne of your heart. Who rules and reigns in your heart and in your mind, your feelings and your thoughts, your meditations and your thinking? Who rules and reigns? Is it your own understanding or your confidence in your own abilities? Maybe for some people it's their intellect, if you're super brainy. And your confidence is completely in your intellect. Maybe your confidence is in your own skills and abilities or your own financial wealth. That could be a confidence that we lean on. Well, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. You know, that is a pathway to fear and anxiety. We can all see the worst case scenario of what could happen. But if you allow yourself to use your understanding of maybe what the media crams down your throat, then anxiety and fear... Well, you probably wouldn't be here this morning, would you? Because you'd be so anxious about the coronavirus. You certainly won't be shaking hands with anybody on the way in. And if we allow ourselves to get, go down that path, then we, we fall into the, uh, the panic buying and the people will be barricading their homes and not leaving for days and days on end. Leaning on our own understanding is a sure, understanding is a sure pathway to fear and anxiety taking root in our hearts. Leaning on the possible what might be outcomes will rob us of our peace and our joy. But instead, we need to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. And when those thoughts of fear and anxiety start to bubble up within us, we need to say, no, I'm choosing to trust the Lord with all my heart. He says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. 
That doesn't mean we stand in front of the sock drawer every morning and meditate upon the Lord to find out which pair of socks we're going to wear. He doesn't really care, to be honest, what socks you're wearing. I'm sorry to say that. Um, but it means that when we, when we have faced choices in our life, in our day, that we seek God. We have a prayerful attitude and we're open to hear the wisdom and guidance of God about the path that we take for our future. Seek his will in all that we do and follow his paths. Now, to help along this way, we need to have our ears tuned to this kind of the sound of God's voice. What does God's voice really sound like? What kind of thing would he say? Well, we learn that from recognizing his voice from reading the word of God. The Bible is the divinely inspired word of God. And so if we want to be people who can hear his voice as we pray, as we seek him, we need to learn the tone of his voice from his word. And so getting that word in your heart is so important. Let's move on to key three. Key three says, honour the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So key three is all about financial stewardship. Who rules and reigns in your finances? Don't switch off and think, oh, he's going to talk about tithing again. I'm talking about financial stewardship. And this, these are just all principles from this, this one chapter of the book of Proverbs. So how do you steward or manage what God gives to you? How do you steward or manage your own personal finances? Are they chaotic? Um, or are they straight and planned? I mean, we can all go through times where finance, finances are a struggle from time to time. But there are biblical principles in the Word of God that can help us to live in a place of financial freedom rather than a place of financial chaos. And part of that is our giving to God. There's a huge difference just between giving God um, some pocket change and planning how we're going to give to God and invest in the kingdom of God. And um, if you're a taxpayer, part of that will be um, planning your giving, if you're giving cash in an envelope with your name on and filling out a, 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 um, a, a gift aid form so that we can claim back the gift aid. But whatever we do, we should plan and steward our God-given finances well because, you know what, we, we go to work. Um, some of you might be retired um, or out of work, but um, however your, your income comes in, that is God's provision for you. And we sh- each of us should pray for the wisdom of God as to how we use those finances. Because it could be that, that God really is looking to bless a particular person um, in your world, maybe in the church or one of your friends. And if you have an ear to God and you're seeking God and saying, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do with this money this month? Of course you need to eat. But God might want you to, um, to notice someone who's in need and you can be a blessing to them. So we need to be seeking God about our own financial stewardship and to plan what we're going to do. It says that um, our barns will be filled with plenty when we commit our first fruits to God. That means planning at the beginning of the month what we're going to do rather than wait till the end of the month when we've spent everything. 
It says, and your vats will overflow with new wine. And some people might say, well, look, I can't afford to tithe. Well, I understand financial difficulties. I've been there myself. And I would just say, make a start. Make a start. Aim towards tithing and saving. These are good stewardship principles. Aim towards that. Start with something. You might think, I can't afford to tithe, so I've not been giving at all. Well, we'll plan and work towards it. And maybe, um, maybe you could each month start to um, commit £50 in giving to the church and £50 into a savings account. And then the next month, as things improve a little bit, you could do 100 into your savings account and 100 in your tithes and offerings, whatever that may be. You know, it's a great place to be able to work towards 10% tithing, 10% saving. So you've got a, a savings pot to deal with crisis situations rather than a credit card. Now, I admit, I haven't got to the 10% savings <laughs> per month just yet, but I want to work towards it. I want to work towards it. Well, we, you know what? We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the word says, and all these things will be added to you. So key three is not about rattling you and squeezing you for a bit more money into the offering box. It's about financial stewardship. Honor the Lord with what he's given to us. Okay, we're moving quickly through these. Um, key four it's, is this passage, verse 11 and 12, says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Nobody really likes correction, do they, to be honest? If you like correction and, and punishment, then maybe you need a different sort of prayer. But I think we'd all agree that nobody really likes correction, do they? I remember um, when I was at university um, submitting... Um, an assignment to uh, a lecturer, and, um, and he was a new lecturer. And when it, when it came back, when he gave it out, he gave it out. <laughs> they like my notes here. We like highlights and, and scribbles and things. There was probably more red pen on, on my <laughs> assignment than there was black ink. And you know what? It was pretty discouraging, I have to say. And... Um, I remember thinking, crumbs, you know, there's so much corrections on there. I don't even know where to start. Obviously, I was having <laughs> an off day when I submitted that one. Nobody really likes correction. But the word here says, don't reject the Lord's discipline. How do we know God's discipline? How do we know God's instruction and God's correction through his word, what his word speaks to us about our lives? And don't be upset when he corrects you. The Lord corrects those he looks. Those of us who've had children, you'll know that you need to correct your children because you love them. And correction with our children is not a bad thing. Because you know what? If you don't correct your child, they'll grow up to be a monster, won't they? <laughs> won't they, really? Children need correction. They need leading in the right direction. And from the very basic things of don't play with the fire which I used to get told a lot by my parents, don't play with the fire. Do not stick your fingers into the fire because they wanted to protect me from being harmed. 
And eventually I learned that if I stuck my fingers in the fire while their back was turned, actually it really hurt. Yeah, I was that stupid when I was a, a young child. Was. Was. Okay. Don't get carried away. Was. But they corrected me because they loved me. And in the same way, we as God's children need to understand that God will correct us because he loves us. Just as a father corrects a child. And I've put a big picture there of, um, of a rubber or an eraser, as the Americans call it, to remind us that, you know what, even if we've made a real mess of our lives and of our situations, God wants to come along and help us to rub out the mistakes and set them right. And whether you're watching on the live stream today or whether you're here with us in this, in this meeting, if your life looks like a terrible mess, well, God wants to come along and put his hand on your shoulder and say, come on, let's find that big rubber. Let's rub out what's wrong and let's set it right. You see, when God corrects, he corrects without condemnation. He corrects with love. He says, come on, there's a better way. There's a better way to live. There's a better way to do what you're doing. And it's like this. It's like this. How does God correct us? Through his word. Listen to this passage, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Notice it says the word corrects us. Not sickness or disease, not calamitous situations. We're pretty good at getting ourselves into those, aren't we? But the word is what God uses to correct us. And I know it, it can be a popular um, stream of thinking that thinks actually, oh gosh, well, you know, I keep getting this situation or I keep falling into that problem. And, um, you know, what, I wonder what God's trying to teach me. Well, God corrects us through his word, not through problems and situations. He might allow those things to crop up to help us to see a better way to live, but God corrects us through his word. Okay, the last key for today is from verses 19 to 26. And it's all about building with wisdom. It says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely on your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, when you lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being caught. Isn't that lovely? The Lord will be your confidence. You know, growing up as a, as a child, I didn't have much confidence at all. But I'm glad to say today, when I face troubles and difficult times, and that the Lord is my confidence. 
And when things don't work out as I wanted them to, or maybe as, I, as I'd asked and prayed, then the Lord is still my confidence because I know he will be with me and he will bless and protect me and help me through difficult times. This last key is all about building our lives with the wisdom of God. So we don't build with offense. We don't build with negative attitudes or negative words. Those things destroy and tear down. They destroy friendships. They destroy relationships. We build with the confidence of God. We build with wisdom centered on the word of God. The passage says it will bring life to our souls. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. He says it will bring grace to our necks. It's a strange phrase, isn't it? Who's got a gracious neck? Um, Some of you might think you do have a gracious neck. But what it means is, not that you like a son. I'm like a Darcy Bustle. I've got a very gracious neck. No, it means that he will bring grace to your necks rather than stress and burdens. Because when we're stressed out, where do we feel it most? In our shoulders and in our necks. And when we build a life on the wisdom of God... He'll bring grace rather than stress to our necks and shoulders. He says our sleep will be sweet. You know, I've been through times when my sleep has been disturbed by stress and worry about different things. Maybe um, poorly people in the family or financial situations or maybe even school inspections have disturbed my sleep at night But the word here says that when our confidence is in God and we build our lives on the wisdom of God, it even says our sleep will be sweet because our minds are stilled in that confidence in God. It says he will be our confidence. We're not trusted in our own abilities, in our own understanding. Our trust and confidence is in the faithfulness of God and in his word. That's the essence of building with wisdom. God's calling us into a greater life. And that comes when we build it on the wisdom of God. And as we close today, we're going to sing in a few moments. And as we close, let's bring our, our thoughts to him and to the wisdom of God. Maybe you want to read this passage again from Proverbs chapter 3 again this week. Just see what God brings to your thoughts and to your heart. Let's just pray as the worship team return. Lord, we thank you that you give us keys in your word to live in a life with a foundation of wisdom. And Lord, we just submit to you right now. We submit to you our hearts and our hands. We submit to you our minds and our thinking. And we pray, Lord, that you will just infuse us with the wisdom of God Almighty from the throne of grace. That you would lead us and guide us in your truth. And you'd help us to honor you that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts will be pleasing to you, we pray. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing that song, The Sound of Adoration.